0: Hi, I'm Caitlin Krentz, and you're listening to the Snow Day Podcast.
1: This is episode 27, Pet Advice, for producer Mike.
0: These are my top 11 reasons why my family should get a dog. One, I can play with it whenever I want. 2. When I'm having a bad day, I can snuggle him. 3. I'll fall asleep faster because he will be beside me. 4. I'll have fun training him. 5. I will love taking care of him. 6. Unlimited snuggles. 7. I will never be bored. 8. Someone to play soccer with all the time. 9. When me and my friends are bored, we can play with him. 10. There's a seat cover, so no dog fur in the car when transporting. Eleven, you will never have to hear me bug anybody about getting a dog. Once I had a little dog, I called him Cracker Jack.
2: He had a spot around one eye that looked just like a patch. His legs were way too long and he was awkward as could be. He wasn't much to look at, but he looked all right to me.
1: Just before we get started, just to make sure we're all on the same page as we're listening to this, understand this is just four guys sitting around in a virtual living room, having a chat because they're stuck in a snowstorm. It's not our professional selves. There's nothing here we're embarrassed about, but there's going to be a little bit of swearing and just us being us. So let's just take it for what it is. Uh, This is Snow Day, a podcast, podcast. with Dr. George Alvarez.
3: So I actually, in many ways, prefer animals to humans. I think they're generally more loyal, they're happier, uh, they love to see you.
1: Stephen DeGroote, internationally renowned speaker, author, and leadership expert.
4: A full year for a child that age is a, an eternity. So like it's taking up quite
5: a great space in her life.
1: Leslie Hansen, software company owner and CEO. I'm
5: trying to throw producer Mike a bit of a lifeline here because uh, having lived through the pain, getting a dog that is through the puppy stage is way less strain on him
1: and me, Bruce Krentz, the one they left behind. All he's seeing is hair around the house and dog shit. That's that's
2: where he's at. we had a lot in common and we had a lot fun.
1: It's been a month or so since we recorded our last one which is pretty good compared to the three months between the other two i'll do my check-in first the mainframe at our world headquarters went down we lost everything sent the hard drive to a computer geek he couldn't save it he said it's just deader than a doornail and i actually tried to get the hard drive back to just put in the snow day pod archives and he had already e-wasted it so it's gone there's it's never to be seen again but oh boy. yeah i know while I was on the road, I sent him a text saying, hey, hang on to that. And it didn't send because I was in a bad zone and I didn't realize it hadn't sent. And by the time I sent it again, it was, it was gone. The only other one, and Steve, you and I touched on it a little bit in the extra extra that we recorded. I tried to do the standing dock start water ski to show off to my nephew and some other kids that were hanging around here pulled a hammy bad (laughs) (laughs) oh he was hobbling i I called
4: him hammy for three
1: days (laughs) oh no bruce it went extremely bad well les you used to drive the boat at the water ski club so you know i was on the dock and i haven't done this for a while and i gave too much slack so as soon as the boat hit it and then i realized this is going to pull me so it pulled me over forward but like basically right onto my leg and Steve I didn't get a chance to send you this but a giant bruise appeared on my whole hamstring no. about a week later so, yeah, <laughs> like it was
5: it was a real injury you had a legit <laughs> hamstring tear I love it <laughs>
1: yeah it was
4: so odd that that we knew I knew they were on the dock and I was sitting there and I was talking to Marnie and I see this person go like straight on their face and like totally face to the knee
1: and I'm like that can't be bruise He comes up and I'm like, oh my God, that was Bruce. Like, what the fuck happened? The worst was I knew I had hurt myself, but my pride wouldn't let me stop. So I did a water start and did a whole... He did a lap. Yeah, I did a lap. Yeah, yeah for sure. You got to leg that one out. <laughs> oh, 100. there was no way I wasn't doing that, even though it just was hurting the whole trip.
4: <laughs> Your landing yeah. was beautiful. You came in like a, like a swan. Absolutely.
1: Hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> You're a long shiver. Slow start, big finish. Stevie, what do you got for a couple highlights uh, since we last talked? I think I admitted before George got on that my
4: special friend is a girlfriend, Catherine, and I'm actually here in Toronto. Just came in early. I was supposed to get in tomorrow. So I'm here doing some work and missing less unfortunately, because
1: he's got a big week. But uh, yeah, that's the, that's the update. That's the update. He's been replaced as your number one friend in Toronto. <laughs> no, not true. Not true. Not true. Don't start shit. Don't start shit, Prince. Don't start shit. <laughs> Lester, how about you? The shortest move ever coming up. I've just
5: been here. I'm getting ready to do a big renovation on my place. So I'm trying to get moved out. I got to move out for a few months. I, I managed to swing a deal and rent the place right next door to me. So I'm about to do the, the world's shortest move, <laughs> 25 feet down the hallway. Still a pain in
1: the ass to have to pack everything up and move it out, but. And George, work held you up a little bit, but uh, what else is going on?
3: You know, I kind of want to comment. First of all, Special Friend is spectacular for Steve and makes... Me thinks she's either wheelchair-bound or has a colostomy, which is special.
4: (laughs) (laughs) When you said comment, I knew it was going to be downhill. Yeah,
3: and number two, Bruce, it's crazy that every year that passes, we will not learn what our body cannot tolerate, and I completely can picture you hurting yourself and still going forward, because the last time I got hurt, I had to will myself not to do something further because my instinct was exactly what you had. So I think you're a retard for doing what you (laughs) did, but I'm also a bit proud of you. (laughs) Just a little bit.
4: I love it.
1: Advice from my doctor. Don't do it again. But you know what? I probably will. Oh yeah, you will.
3: Yeah. The biggest thing for me really is I got back from Northern Manitoba and I've been back to work with kids in camps and uh, my mother at the last minute decided uh, to go to Portugal and see her family. So. My sister and I quickly rallied, got a plane ticket, and she's overseas right now, which I'm pretty happy about. Oh, wow. Fantastic.
4: Oh, what's that? What's happening in the background there? <laughs> <laughs> and a squeaky toy, it sounds like. It is. It's, it's
3: fucking annoying, too. Jesus. Who let the dogs out?
1: Okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. It's pets and pet culture. We've been talking about this for a long time. We got a couple guys on the pod that just recently got pets, and it's generated what I would say is more than just a little bit of discussion in the group chat. I'm not exactly sure where to start on this. I think part of it is, uh, are we talking all pets, or do you want to just zero in on dogs, fellas? What do you think?
4: Well, I mean, we could talk about pets. But dog i mean we're it's going to come down to cats and dogs i mean you know you've always wanted a llama bruce but uh, we've always
3: judged you for <laughs> yeah, that
1: exactly a chinchilla um, a chinchilla
5: steve is that because your gerbils keep dying
3: yeah apparently they can't they can't breathe uh, they can't breathe under ass <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh did it didn't go sideways already take the reins krenz
1: I'll try to bring us back. Uh, did you have a pet growing up? Les, I know you did, but I'm going to throw it to you. Originally, we when we were when I was really
5: young, we had cats. I don't really remember them, but I know from my brother and my mother talking about that we had cats. I ended up from the time I was about 13 or so being horribly allergic to cats and still am now. So, but then yeah, we had dogs when I was young. First, we had Lady that uh, you guys might remember, and then uh, of course. Uh, everybody remembers Sandy Dog, the fetching machine. Uh, she was a pretty fun
4: dog. <laughs> I remember Sandy Dog. Sandy Dog could catch anything, like from like ten feet out. You could kick a ball yeah. as fast as possible. Sandy Dog
5: was a freak of nature. She could literally fetch she was she anything. would catch
4: anything. But let yeah. me re- remember this. There were some things that when we were young teenagers, something fell on the floor. Sandy Dog ate it up before we could get to it, <laughs> and I kicked the ball, and it just bounced off Sandy Dog's.
5: Well, I'll tell you what, Uh, CBD (laughs) pet foods is all the rage now. So it's possible that Sandy Dog was a trailblazer. (laughs) Trailblazer. An accidental trailblazer.
1: Georgie, anything for you?
3: My dad absolutely refused to get uh, an animal. He thought animals needed to be outdoors. He hated them being indoors. He grew up in a time where animals were to be eaten or to be worked on. And so my sister was very sneaky and somehow getting us a dog through his best friend, Airy. I thought I was going to be my dad and hold the line on not getting a dog. And so part of this disclosure was I had so many angry things to say about pets and pet culture. And I still have a few things, but now they have to be softened because I've since broke down and gotten an animal. And so my... <laughs> Hard stance would be a little bit <laughs> hypocritical. In fact, I'll go so far to say that I've been a bit emasculated. I now call my dog Princess Penny and Penny Poo. So basically, you know, oh,
1: a punk. Wow. You're a punk.
4: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> At
1: least you acknowledge
4: it. I appreciate that.
1: Steve comments on Penny Poo.
4: Yeah, no, we had Champ, who was like the most expensive and bipolar dog in the history of the world. But yeah, no, we had, a, we had a dog growing up. We had him for almost 17 years. Champ Sylvester de Groot was his full name. He would always run to this imaginary end of the, the yard and scare everybody because he was such an angry old man when he was born
1: and just stayed angry old <laughs> man. Loved him. That was my pet. We had Goldie, who was a dog that uh, we had for quite a few years, Gold yeah. part Golden Lab, part Greyhound. Goldie was a great dog, yeah. Yeah, Goldie was fantastic. Uh, Actually, Andrea alone just sent a pretty cool picture of Goldie buried up to to the neck in the beach here at Studio P. And so any dog that can put up with that is a good dog. Goldie was such a kind of part of our family that I remember as a little kid thinking that was just a person in a dog suit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
4: Well, that's funny because I think that George is a dog in a person suit sometimes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> with, with that said though strangely i wasn't super attached to goldie our family also had a couple of a couple of cats and a rabbit at one time but the cats were kind of more when i was like later in high school and university so i never really i couldn't even tell you what their names are i can't remember so it's oh you're really close yeah we were i was super tight with those cats and that rabbit <laughs> i'll move right into do you have a pet now we don't have any pets pretty hard on the uh, sorry kids but you're never getting any pet I'm gonna throw it right back to you George because you already full disclosure so you've got tell us about your dog and tell us why did you get a pet
3: I feel like I should have jumped in and said your two cats names were chow mein and kung pao chicken (laughs) and you got rid of them
5: the restaurant well but actually George it might be a better order of events if I go first because I went through a process ending up with my dog and you fucking taunted me the whole way, and then you ended up going through the same process.
3: <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I uh, yeah, I, I I agree.
5: Okay, so this is what uh, this is what happened to me since Sandy Dog, who I think passed away when I was in university. So call it a good twenty plus years ago. I have been petless, and the entire time I've been in Toronto, I've been pretty adamant that I did not want to have a pet you know a lot of people in Toronto have dogs and I have never been able to understand it how you know you see people with really really large dogs and you know they're living in tiny little apartments or tiny little condos and I'm like that just doesn't really make sense to me you know where we grew up you know Goldie probably ran around you know all around Centennial Bay I know our dog Sandy we would just open the front door and she would take off and an hour later, she would come back. You know, dogs need space to run around, so I was always anti dog in the city, and uh, also from a lifestyle standpoint, right? Like I had friends who, you know, you'd be out for drinks after work, and they're like, uh, "Fuck, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta let my dog out." And I'd always be like, "Yeah, dude, I don't know. See you later. <laughs> like I'm never gonna yeah. do that." So, so I was always very anti uh, having a dog. Fast forward to the girlfriend coming into my life. She wanted a dog so bad, and I was always like, yeah, no, that is not going to happen. I am, I am not having a dog. And what ended up happening, she would bug me and bug me and bug me, but I held the line. Like, I fully held the line. I was probably a bit of a dick about it. But what ended up happening was a buddy of mine who lived down the street knew that Alex really loved his dog. And he was going on vacation and, of course, was needing someone to take care of his dog, right? So he texted me one day and he's like, hey, buddy, uh, I got to go to Texas for about 10 days. And I know Alex really loves Annie. That was the name of his dog. So I was wondering if maybe uh, she might want to take care of Annie while I'm away. And I responded like, yeah, you know, she's pretty busy next week. You know, let me let me talk to her about it, thinking there's no way. And he responds, oh, I already talked to her about it. and She said yes. And I'm like, oh, I'm so screwed. We ended up dog sitting for 10 days. Alex, of course, completely fell in love with the dog. When he came back, she was a level of heartbroken that was so over the top ridiculous. It was almost comical, but I couldn't believe it. She was just devastated. She'd become so attached to this stupid little dog in 10 days, and I looked at it and I was like, okay, she clearly wants this dog more than I don't want a dog. If I just stay with my, I don't want to have a dog because it's going to be a a lifestyle cramp on me, I'm being a bit of an asshole. So I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. You can get a dog, but this is your dog. Like, let's not get ourselves. This is not our dog. This is your dog.
4: That's how it starts.
5: That's how it starts, right? You're going to take (laughs) care of it. I said, I am never getting out of bed to take the dog out in the morning. I am never going to leave where I am, you know, having drinks after work and say, sorry, guys, I got to go home and let the dog out. No, I say, you got to take care of this dog as if you own it alone and you live on your own. And I have nothing to do with this dog's life. That held up for about a month (laughs) until I realized well, you know, if you actually implement that level of uh, discipline into a scenario, you're just you're just being an asshole. And uh, now we have a dog. She still does like eighty percent of the work, like maybe even ninety percent of the of the work. But uh, now we have a dog, so my life has changed. George, of course when he found out I was getting a dog, texted me at least once, if not two or three times a day, every day for about a month saying, you're so fucked, you're so fucked, you're gonna get to- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: You're gonna be walking that dog at six in the morning. You're never gonna be able to go on vacation because no one's gonna look after your dog. You're so fucked. And he would make so much fun of me. And he was right. It was a bit of a pain in the ass for the first few months, you know. And uh, will say a puppy is very different from a dog. You know, now she's pretty much over being a puppy. Here we are a year later, and uh, I would say that I love this little dog. I love having it in my life. I'm a changed man. So from that, I'll pass it over to George to to play out out his part of the story. I'm
4: I'm doing so well being quiet here through this and respecting your experience.
3: (laughs) That's a rare thing, Steve. We really appreciate it. You will. You will, George. You will totally appreciate it. To the listeners, I was, I rode less hard. (laughs) That's true. And I was, you know, laughing overtly and then inside and giggling. You know, things come back to roost. And I will start off by saying, I mean, I love animals. All of my siblings have had dogs and cats and reptiles and birds. So I actually, in many ways, prefer animals to humans. I think they're generally more loyal. They're happier. They love to see you. And so I had the same line, and it's hilarious because I said exactly the same thing (laughs) Les is. And, you know, now I find myself waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning to make sure, you know, Penny Poo is having a (laughs) poo-poo.
4: So it's totally changed for me. (laughs) All right, Steve, go ahead. You said poo three times. (laughs) Three times.
3: Yeah. And uh, I also use it, you know, and I'll say this out loud because Les won't say it. I used it as a stall tactic. A little bit, <laughs> uh, but it's not a particularly good stall tactic. Cause if you think about it, when you get a small dog, that's kind of a large commitment. Like it's uh, they're not like a bumblebee. They don't live a week. They live, you know, like a decade, 15 years. And so, uh, you know, we ended up getting the dog. Obviously I like the dog. Now the kids like the dog. I walk the dog. I do. You know, at least 10 times more things than I promised and swore I would never do. (laughs) So, yeah, I I definitely have
4: backtracked on that. Steve, you don't have a pet, right? I don't have a dog because I travel so much. If ever I get settled, I would love to have a dog. I mean, I I love medium to big dogs. I like bigger dogs. Smaller dogs to me, I think, you know, whatever. I'm going to take some shit for this. I just don't like them that much. They're like high voices, yippee, tiny, whereas like, the bigger dogs are just more present and more physical.
1: So yeah, no, I don't have a dog, but I'd love to have one. Let's throw a little advice producer Mike's way. So producer Mike sent us an email once he knew we were doing this topic just saying he is getting absolute relentless pressure from his 12-year-old daughter to get a dog.
0: Unlimited snuggles. I'll fall asleep faster because he will be beside me. I will never be bored.
1: She is sort of a pet kid. I've seen her around animals, and she's... She, she probably is primed to have a pet. His wife Jenny grew up on a farm with lots of pets and lots of animals, so that's part of her world. Michael, not interested. And Brady, his son, is not too interested in having a dog either. So they're at a they're at a two versus two in their household right now. Caitlin, he sent he showed us all one of the texts. She sent a top ten list of like unlimited snuggles from a dog that was impressive yeah it was a pretty good list just I'll always have someone (laughs) to hang out with I'll go to sleep better because the dog will sleep with me I mean she had a pretty pretty well thought out list Michael on the other side all he's seeing is hair around the house and dog shit that's that's where he's at (laughs) and a 15-year commitment when Caitlin likely will not be around for the second half of this dog's life or not full time anyways it's probably his reality. So as guys that jumped into a pet thing I'm I'm curious to hear what do you love about having the pet now? Might help to sway him or do you think he should still hold the line? Can we give producer Mike who's a little bit younger than us any advice? I saw the
5: screenshots of the messages that his 12-year-old daughter sent to him outlining in incredibly well-written form how badly she wanted a dog.
0: I can play with it whenever I want. You will never have to hear me bug anybody about getting a dog.
5: I think he needs to consider whether she wants a dog more than he doesn't want a dog. Because it sounds like it could be a pretty uh, important thing to her. But there's two things I think that are, are really important when you make the decision. One is breed selection. Because, you know, Steve i agree with you if you had asked me like a few years ago if you were going to get a dog what kind of dog would you get i would have said well i'm not getting a dog because i like big dogs i don't want some you know little purse dog thing like it's not my style and i i'm not interested in them but you know lifestyle wise you can't have a great big dog in a small place in you know in the middle of downtown toronto well you can i see tons of my neighbors do doesn't make any it's not sense. It's right, not right. So, like for us, and that—that that was actually a lot of research. We ended up getting a, a purebred miniature poodle, which doesn't shed at all. Her name is Wilma. She's fantastic. She doesn't shed, and she's quiet, and she's really well trained. Training is another thing that's huge. If you invest the time in training your dog, you'll end up with a a dog that's uh, much more fun to be around. But then the other thing I would say to to producer Mike and George, I think you went through this the same way I did. Is there's a huge difference between a puppy and a dog, and if I could do it over again, or um, when you're making that decision as to whether get a puppy or adopt, like go to the humane society and get a mature dog, that's something to give some thought to. Because a puppy is a ton of work and it's annoying and it's not fun. But then once they get through that phase and they're actually an adult dog, they're pretty easy to have around.
1: I think Toy Poodle in downtown Toronto is very big city. It's very Toronto, very Hong Kong of you. So well done.
5: <laughs> no, no, not toy poodle, Bruce. She is
1: not a toy poodle. Oh, I thought you said toy She's poodle. She's a miniature poodle.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry, whoa. Hey, There's easy. There's
1: a easy. Little touchy, little touchy there. Oh. She's not the tiniest. How how can you tell I'm not a dog person? <laughs> no, well, hey, I, I feel like I have to defend
5: myself. She's not a
1: purse dog.
4: <laughs> watch your watch your mouth, Bruce. You're being so na- you're being so uh, inconsistent. Bruce, I'll send you a picture
5: of her. She's actually. She, the the amount that she resembles Sandy Dog is almost freakish. Oh yeah, she's. Uh,
4: I'm gonna say yes, it's true. I I thought of Sandy Dog incarnate when I met uh, Wilma. So, quick question: Had Alex seen a picture of Sandy Dog before she showed you Wilma? Because maybe there was some like no, <laughs> some uh, heartstring
5: playing there. In fact, she wasn't supposed to be this color. She was supposed to be like a dark reddish brown, and she was that color as a puppy. Yeah, she didn't. She wasn't supposed to look like that at all. Which is what. It uh, makes it even weirder that she looks exactly like my childhood dog. Mm,
1: that's another pod in and of itself. Yes. Sandy dog has come back. <laughs> What's part of the joy you get out of the dog now? Is it having someone to greet you at home? Is it the company? Is it warm feet when you're sitting on the couch that Alex is happy? Can you put a finger on that?
5: The amount of joy that it brought to Alex's life for sure is the number one thing. And she's she's like Alex's little compadre. Like, it's, it's kind of cool to watch. Like, the dog ov- obviously thinks that Alex is her mother, right? Like, she just is so attached to her, it's bizarre. So that's 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 really cool. But just, just the companionship, I think, as well. Like, when you come home and the dog is so freaking happy to see you. And she's just like that all the time, too. Like, you know, it is kind of a, just like a, you know, sort of like warms the cockles of my otherwise cold, jaded heart. <laughs> to have a, a fun-loving little animal like that around so it's probably good for me now nah,
3: you you want warm cockles less it's true yeah.
1: <laughs> so georgie other than warm cockles what do you like about having your pet around the, the peanut butter trick and beyond and what oh yeah that was too deep i think oh what uh what advice have you got for producer mike
3: you know maybe a little bit of a different shade of what les said there is no question that mike will not spend the same amount of money that les did on his dog it was kind of a little bit of a comment on what I don't like about dog culture and the ridiculous price and near attitude that people have. Why are you talking
5: about how much money I spent? I never said anything about how much money I spent.
3: (laughs) No, I know you didn't, but I'm going to suggest to you that Mike is not going to spend the same amount of money. And my point is, there's a huge industry with purebreds, it's ridiculous. You know, I had a friend that paid almost $5,000 for a purebred French bull that can't procreate. And so the advice that I'd give to Mike, generally crossbreeds are better. Like my sisters went to Norway House and got a res dog for my mom. And Lola's been an unbelievable dog. But to Les's point, my mom also spent a ridiculous amount of time getting the dog acclimatized to create the dog that you want. And I think people underestimate that they uh, they're a bit of a reflection of you if you're an anxious nelly which mike is not then you're going to have an anxious dog if you don't spend the time with your dog then the dog is not going to be a happy dog
0: i'll have fun training him
3: so i don't think you needs to spend a ridiculous amount of price i don't think you should get a purebred i hadn't considered actually les's point about puppy versus an older dog because we ended up getting a puppy and I think Megan did a really good job in picking sort of a beta female like a very subservient dog definitely not alpha male and the thing that's interesting is that the having a puppy, she's going through heat now and whether it's a coincidence or not, Megan is also going through her monthly cycle so now I have two emotional oh. bitches at the same time. It's been a bit difficult. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Jesus! I, got
4: I just gotta break up the gross feeling I had with that by saying that I would have never guessed that Poo-Poo wasn't an alpha dog.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some validity in what you say that there's a lot of purebred species that or breeds that uh, don't necessarily hold up well, but there's others that do. Like, I don't think there's any issue with a, with getting a poodle. And I can tell you that when you go to a, to a breeder now and you get one of the, you know, sort of like standard crossbreeds, they're as expensive or more expensive than a purebred. I, like the, the purebred factor doesn't, isn't what makes that dog necessarily pricey. But I also agree with you. If, if I was doing it, I was going to say if I was doing it again, I'd go down to the Humane Society and get a $30 dog, like I remember Sandy dog being, but you can't do that at the Humane Society. Even in the Humane Society, the dogs are like a few hundred dollars. It's ridiculous.
4: I want to chime in on this from a very unique vantage point. Okay, so I'm going to speak directly to Mike. So this is a vantage point. You've got a daughter who desperately wants a dog, who has gone and done the research and is basically begging her father. Now, Bruce, you made a comment about Caitlin's not going to be for around forever. But I'm going to tell producer Mike something very important for him to think about her memory of her father will be around forever. This is a daughter and a dad, which is a very special bond, a very unique bond. And we can talk about price and all that kind of stuff. And the the older dog versus puppy, you cannot take the puppy experience away from a child. That's an adult efficiency kind of move. And what I think he needs to think about is the meaning him getting a dog for his daughter would hold for her forever. That's it. Brady shouldn't even be brought into this, into this equation. How does Mike think about the meaning this holds for his daughter and make the decision based on that? That's my Thursday night mic drop. Wow, you're really dropping the hammer on
5: producer Mike.
4: <laughs> I met Caitlin, well, a week ago, and the kid knows what she wants.
0: Unlimited snuggles.
4: This is not a kid that's uh, wishy-washy. You saw the text messages. This is very important to her. He shouldn't be thinking about if, you know, the shit and all this, all the, all the adult stuff, because she's not thinking about that. So that's all I got to say is she won't be around forever, but her memory of her father will
1: be. Ba-bam. Was it wire transfer, Steve, or did she give you a bag of cash while you were here? No. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) To
4: to deliver that message? No. That's a Stevie D original right there. (laughs) That's a Stevie D original. That
5: was pretty good. Bruce, I do want to throw it back to George because he and I just lived through virtually identical situations where our girlfriends strong-armed us into getting dogs. But the difference in George's situation is, you know, you have two kids. And so relating to Producer Mike's dilemma, what's it been like for you with your kids and the dog? I'm sure they love having Doggo Penny around, as she's known on Instagram because I follow her. (laughs) like has it been a good thing for them so far like or do you feel that's teaching them responsibility like all these things that as parents you guys think about that i don't have to
3: yeah no that's a good point and you know kudos for steve for bringing that up because that probably is the most important point that we'll say on this cast the dogs uh, the kids love the dog the dog loves the kids super excited uh, when they see the dogs they like walking the dogs i make them part of it. It's their chores and their responsibility the picking up the poop part's a little bit hard that's still on dad it would be hard and it would be basically lying to say that it hasn't been a positive influence on them
1: well done that stings just a little bit for marnie and i who held the line all these years for all the adult reasons <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're a piece of shit bruce
1: No, 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 no. But they, I don't think they made the same case. I mean, it's
4: all, it's totally different. Like my boys would have loved a dog if they would have made the case and, you know, told me how much it meant to them and did the research. I mean, I I don't know if the kids wanted the dog versus Megan wanted the dog. I think it's different though. I think it's a a totally different, different story. So I think less great question, but it wasn't the kids begging for a dog. Still had a good impact.
1: Our kids pushed pretty hard but not to the level that caitlin and this has been going on for a year with caitlin like this isn't a two-week thing she is she's jacked up
0: these are my top 11 reasons why my family should get a dog
5: to come back to to something that steve said yes i understand what you're saying about the experience of of raising a dog from a puppy is important but i think george will agree with me the difference in how shitty your life is when you have a puppy in your house versus a dog is absolutely night and day puppies are a freaking nightmare like for the first two months it is not fun
4: but they're so cute les they're so cute yeah
5: they're not cute when they piss everywhere. He'll have a better setup for a dog than me. Remember,
4: from a child's perspective, because, if if yeah, you're right. From an adult, adult's perspective, absolutely. Okay. I'm, one, I'm with you. Okay. But what I'm saying from a child's yes. perspective, I remember even looking back on Champ's puppy photos and remembering him as a puppy. Because as a child, you know, you heard the adults complain a bit. But we didn't have to deal with the pee on the carpet and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's, that's an important piece to keep in mind if we're still thinking about Mike. If we're not, if we're moving over to, sorry, Caitlin, not Mike, because Caitlin's more important than Mike. But if we're talking about it from an adult perspective, absolutely, it makes more sense to just get an adult dog or a younger dog that is easier to train. For sure, for sure.
1: Even the timeline, you can shorten your timeline from 15 years to eight or nine years. And I'm not saying that to be mean or anything, but seriously. Oh, you are mean. You are mean, Krenz. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fine. But now you've got a calm dog that's fun to have around and it's a shorter commitment. You, know, you don't even have to get, you know, like a
5: fully grown dog. But if you've got a dog that's two years old, Caitlin is still going to have a very enriching experience when that dog shows up in her life. And I'm trying to throw producer Mike a bit of a lifeline here, because uh, having lived through the pain, getting a dog that is through the puppy stage is way less strain on him, and he's not going to have the enjoyment level out of it that she's going to have. She might still get the good same point. Good enjoyment. point. So it's something for him to consider. Good point, Bruce. I think you make a good point too. Good that point. you know, if he can cut some of the tail end years. Off of that commitment, when Caitlin has long since gone to university and left home.
4: But let me let me just tell you, though, Champ was the billion-dollar dog. Like He had every surgery. It was ridiculous. My dad, when he was young, was complaining, I think to make a point on principle as a Dutch man, saying, this dog's so expensive, all this and that. And one day, I was a young adult, top of my teens, went to the vet with my dad. And I just said to my dad, I turned to him, and I said, you know, if Champ's being too expensive you know, maybe, and, and we're going to university and this is like too much. Maybe we should just think about that thing. You know, maybe it's just time to, and he looked at me and he said, don't ever say that about family. <laughs> when, no, I'm serious. When I don't think I've ever said that publicly, but when we went on to university, Champ became a very big part of my mom and dad's family. So if you think about whatever qualifying the end of the, the, the length of that time, actually they were devastated when he passed away because they could have done another two or three years. So that was a perspective that was phenomenal for me, even though he's costing a conservative Dutch penny-pinching man money, he was now family by that point and provided more meaning than the money that it cost to keep him around. Another unique perspective, but but very real. No, right? but that's, very a, real. that's a
5: good story, Steve.
4: Right. So back to my point, a full year for a child that age is a, an eternity. So like it's taking up... a. a quite a great space in her life. This is serious. Just saying. I'm going to stop my back off because I know Mike's going to probably want to punch me in the throat. But
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I think he reached out to us for support on this and he didn't get any. So.
5: <laughs> yeah. He's, not getting it. He's not getting it at all. That little girl is getting a puppy for Christmas, I guarantee it. Yeah, she should
4: hear this. Dear Caitlin, I'm starting right now. Dear Caitlin, it's your Uncle Steve here. Your dad doesn't love you if he doesn't get a dog
5: and she's gonna name it snow day
4: (laughs) dude that is a spectacular
3: idea let's just hold that thought for a moment that could be one of the stipulations that mike will get the dog but it has to be called snow day
2: (laughs)
1: Maybe we'll buy the dog. If he will agree to it, we'll buy the dog. Oh, and yeah. it's got to be named you know Snow what? Day. Let's not
4: even tell him. Let's just start getting Caitlin in on the conversation. Ask her what she wants. Let's send a puppy in a box with holes and a ribbon. <laughs> tell Mike, not only did we take what he wanted us to think about, we made a decision on
1: it. <laughs> Thanks for trusting us, Mike. The poor guy reached out for support and he ended up with a puppy. <laughs> my
2: best friends to thick and thin we've always been together we're four of a kind having fun all day piling around and laughing away just best friends best friends are we that's it I that's the you end
1: yes. you probably found us already on social media but if not at Snow day Pod. tell your friends we've also got an email snowdaypod at gmail.com send us a voice memo maybe we'll put your voice on the show Thanks to the rest of our team, social media Todd, producer Mike, and the secret weapon, Shannon Bison.